What's going on, Grace Church? Pastor Dan here. I hope that you are doing well. Hey, I'm super excited that you decided to join us today. I'm really stoked to get into this message. But, uh, you know, real quick before we get started, I do want to say one thing. We say this every single week. I want to encourage you to share this message because I believe that God wants to use it to encourage one of your friends or one of your family members. So click that share button. If you're watching on live stream, you can copy the link email it, do all kinds of stuff, but share this message. Hey, you know, I got, before, before we, we really jump into this thing, I just, I have a little confession. I just, something that's just been weighing on me, and I just, I really, I just really need to get it off my chest. Some of you aren't going to like it. It's going to be uncomfortable for others of you, but I just, I really need to, to say this. Christmas Vacation is the absolute best Christmas movie ever made. Now, I know some of you aren't going to agree with that. Some of you are like, wait a minute, what about Home Alone, right? What about the, the Santa Claus series? What, what about um, a Christmas story with the leg lamp, you know, and the you'll shoot your eye out, kid? Those are all phenomenal movies, right? But Christmas Vacation, in my personal opinion, is the absolute best Christmas movie ever made. You see, if you've never seen it, it's about a, a guy named Clark, Clark W. Griswold, and he wants a big old-fashioned family Christmas. He's always dreamed of it, and so what he does is he invites his whole family to come into town, and, and his wife invites her whole family to come into town, and, and if you've never seen the movie, everything just completely falls apart. Uh, he, he falls off the roof trying to put up the Christmas lights that just won't work. He gets locked in the attic. Uh, his uncle Lewis burns down his tree his crazy uncle Eddie, or his crazy cousin Eddie, excuse me, crashes the party and everything just goes haywire. But it's all good because Clark has a plan. You see, every single year, he gets a Christmas bonus check from work. And so his, his plan this particular year is he plans on putting in a pool with that check. Well, the delivery boy ends up showing up and, and, and gives him his, his check and he opens it up and it turns out to not be a bonus check at all. It turns out to be a one-year membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. And his crazy cousin Eddie flips out, goes and kidnaps his boss, and the SWAT team shows up, ends up being just this whole big crazy madness. He gets his, gets his check. Everybody, everybody ends up having a really happy Christmas. You see, we, you and I, like we probably have some pretty crazy Christmas stories, but nothing filled with that much chaos. And just like Clark does throughout this entire movie, when, when we are experiencing chaos, when we're experiencing unrest, what do we try to do? We try to create peace, right? We try to calm the situation down, minimize, reduce all the chaos that's happening. You see, as we continue this series, No Hope, here's the truth. The truth is that so many of us, we have no hope, N-O, hope. But here's the thing, with God, we can truly know hope, K-N-O, W. We've been looking at this verse as we have worked through this series, and it's, it's in Isaiah 9, 6. It's Isaiah's prophecy of the coming Jesus, and this is what he says. He says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. You see, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Scott walked us through Jesus as our wonderful counselor. Last week, Pastor Jesse talked with us about how Jesus is our mighty God. And today, as you can guess, we're going to be talking about Jesus, our Prince of Peace. 
You see, we can talk all we want about these funny Christmas movies, uh, the crazy stories that we might have, or we have the memories of, of interesting Christmases that we've had, but, but the reality is this. The reality is that a lot of us are really struggling with a lack of peace. You know, the stay-at-home order might be impacting you uh, more than others. For those of us with kids, we've, we've got those kids at home and there's, there's a major lack of peace when it comes to that. You know, maybe you're just struggling through the holidays because of, of past hurts or, or losses or, or the, 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 the Christmas memories that you used to have that you no longer have. Whatever the case may be, there are some of us who haven't experienced real peace in a long time. You see, I believe that there's a problem with peace. See, outside of the fact that a lot of us, we, we haven't had it in a while, I think that there's a problem with peace and that problem is us and our perspective. I, I think that a lot of us don't really understand what peace really is. You see, our worldly understanding of peace is what? It's the absence of conflict and the absence of chaos. And, and when peace is lacking in our lives, we tend to try to control things. We try to bring the peace, right? Especially if you're somebody who struggles with, with codependency, right? What you want to do is you want to be the, key, the peacekeeper, right? That's what you want to do. Even if we don't struggle with being uh, codependent, we still want peace in every area of our lives, so when there's unrest, we try to control the situation. We try to solve the problem. We research it. We figure it out. We try to reduce the conflict. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We should be attempting to reduce conflict in our lives as much as possible, but we misunderstand what peace truly is if we think that we can fulfill peace in our own lives on our own. And if Jesus, if he's supposed to be our Prince of Peace, does that simply mean that he comes into our lives and he changes our circumstances? That he removes the chaos? That he magically steps in and everything is the way that we think it should be? Or is there something much more going on with Jesus as our Prince of Peace? See, if we're going to understand that he truly is, that Jesus truly is our Prince of Peace, then I think the first thing that we need to do is really understand what peace is. So what is peace? Well, as we look at Isaiah's prophecy about the coming Jesus and, and you know, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the original Hebrew word that Isaiah uses here when he is writing out Prince of Peace, for the word peace, he uses the word shalom. Now, the word shalom is not the same uh, peace that we understand it. It's not the absence of chaos. It's not the, the, the avoiding of chaos, sweeping the conflict or the issue under the rug. That's not what the word shalom means at all. No, the word shalom means this. It means a deep sense of contentment, of completeness, of wholeness, of safety in the midst of chaos. Now that's a heavy, rich word, shalom. It's not the absence of of conflict, but it's the presence of the living God in the middle of the conflict. You see, a lot of us, whatever our circumstances might be, I know for myself, I'm dealing with my own circumstances and difficulties, but no matter where you find yourself today, I know that we could all use that type of contentment, that type of peace in our lives. So we know what peace is, but where does that peace actually come from? Well, so, so many of us, we think that it comes from our hard work. 
from our definition of worldly peace, we would say that it's our hard work, it's our effort. It comes from the work of our own hands. That's where peace comes from. You see, I like to think that I'm bringing peace into my household and contributing to the peace in my household when I load the dishwasher. You know, it turns out I'm actually doing it incorrectly. I I never knew this. Maybe some of you did, but I never knew that there was a right way and a wrong way to load the dishwasher. I see a big empty box with with, uh, racks in it and you put the dirty dishes into that box and you start it and they become clean. Well, after a few uh, loving conversations from my wife, she has filled me in that you need to be some sort of Tetris puzzle master in order to get the dishwasher loaded just right and just correctly. And don't even get me started on this concept or idea that you need to wash the dishes before the dishes go in the dishwasher. But you know what, I'll go ahead and digress because I do want to keep the peace in my house. See, some of us think that it's our efforts that bring the peace. Some of us think that it's our circumstances that bring peace. That when things are going well, when everything is is just fine and dandy, we think we are at peace. But what happens when those circumstances start to fall apart? What happens when you get that phone call from the doctor? What happens when you get a demotion at work? What happens when, when, when your dream home falls out of escrow? What happens when our circumstances fall apart? Can we still have peace? Can we still have this deep sense of shalom in the midst of those circumstances? I fully believe that we can, and I believe that the scripture tells us that we can, and the scripture is very clear about where that sense of peace comes from. You know, in John's gospel, uh, it's, it's actually one of the very uh, earliest accounts, uh, earliest firsthand accounts of Jesus's life and of his ministry. And, and on one of Jesus's final nights with his disciples, he's sitting there at the last supper and he's preparing his followers, his disciples for, for his coming death. And he's instructing them and he's giving them guidance and he's giving them comfort. This is what he says to them, knowing knowing that he is headed toward the cross the next day, knowing that he is, is been betrayed by Judas, knowing that there's a plot against his life. This is what Jesus is saying to his followers sitting with him. In John 14, uh, verse 27, he says this. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as this world gives do I give Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus is saying shalom, shalom to to his disciples. Now, in first century Jewish culture, this this was a very common departing phrase. When you were leaving a group, you would say shalom. And so Jesus takes this everyday normal goodbye that these disciples of the day were very, very familiar with. And he fills it with this deep, rich sense of meaning by saying, shalom, shalom, I leave with you. My shalom, I give to you. He was was saying something so much deeper than just goodbye to his followers of that day and for us today. When he says, peace, I leave you, he's saying, my shalom, I leave with you. A deep sense of contentment, I leave with you. When he says, my peace I give to you, he's saying, I'm giving you this this deep sense of understanding that my presence will always be with you 
in every single circumstance. And Jesus, he goes on and he makes it very, very clear to these disciples and he tells them, he makes a distinction that there's a huge difference between his shalom and the world's peace. This is what he says. He says, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give. I give you something so much different. He's saying the world's understanding of peace is not what I have for you. So your peace doesn't come from your circumstances. Yet so many of us believe that it does. So many of us think that our circumstances are gonna bring peace to our lives. If we just had more money, we would, we would be at peace, right? Some of us think if I could just get into a more comfortable home, I would be at peace. If I could just get that dream job, I would really find myself at peace. If I could only just get married finally, then I'll be at peace. And for some of us, unfortunately, we're thinking if I could just be unmarried, I would find myself at a place of peace. But you see, your attempts to control, your attempts at trying to fix the problem, to eliminate the chaos, you see, we can strive to do those things as much as we want. And that is a good thing, but we can't be convinced that our true peace, that our true shalom is going to come from us changing our circumstances or our environment. You see, Jesus wants to give us something so much better. He wants to give us his understanding of shalom, not our understanding of peace. You see, our true peace, it comes from Jesus and nothing else. Think about that for a second. Let that sink in. What are you looking to for peace? Your peace comes from nothing else but Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So we know what peace is. We know where our peace is coming from. So what is the result? What is the result of this type of peace in our lives? John 14, 27, the second half of this verse, this is what Jesus says. He says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus says, my shalom, I leave with you. My shalom, I give to you. My shalom is different than the world's understanding of peace. So therefore do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You see, no matter the chaos, no matter the conflict, Jesus is offering us contentment, his presence in the midst of every circumstance that we deal with. An internal rest, an internal contentment to the external chaos that we may be living in. And you may be thinking to yourself right now, like, Dan, that's great. That's fine. That's dandy. But you don't know my circumstances. You don't know the chaos that I'm living in. You don't know the marriage that I'm stuck in. You don't know, Dan, the job that I just hate, that I have to keep going to because I have to put food on the table. I've got people that are, that are looking to me. I'm responsible for these people. I need to keep going to this job that I cannot stand. Dan, you don't know the self-hate. You don't know the, the negative self-talk that I have, the things that I think about myself and, and the things that I believe other people think about me. You know, I don't. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know what's going on in your world, in your head, in your heart. I don't know those things. And, and I'm not saying that, that, that Jesus will ever change any of those circumstances. That's not what I'm saying. But Jesus says this in John 16, 33, just a couple of chapters later, he's sitting at that same table 
with the same disciples under the same circumstances, knowing that there's a plot against his life, knowing that he's headed to the cross. And this is what he says to his followers. He says this, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. You know, if I'm, if I'm just being super honest, I don't like this verse very much. And I know that's, that's not a very pastoral thing for me to say. You know, you can have my professional Christian badge if you want it, but I don't like this verse because Jesus is telling us and he's, he's essentially promising us that we're gonna have difficulties in this life, that we're gonna have pain and hardship and, and, and awful circumstances, challenging things that we have to live through. And it's difficult to accept that that's the reality that Jesus is telling us. You see, I have difficult circumstances. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm a broken person. Just like you, I have my own issues. You see, like so many of you right now, you're, you're at home with your kids because maybe your kids aren't in school. I, I'm doing the same thing. I got three kids at home and I'm trying to do my best to, to work from home and got two kids in school and, and I got a two-year-old that I'm also trying to take care of. And it's hard. It is very, very, very difficult. So on top of that, uh, I have a son that most of you know. He's special needs. His name's Wheaton. Uh, he's got a really rare genetic disorder. And, and what comes along with that is he's nonverbal. Uh, he's still in a diaper, uh, but he's been struggling with a lot of different things lately. He, he's been dealing with aggression. He's, he's broken a lot of things. He's been hitting. Uh, he's been kicking. Uh, there's just a lot that comes along with a special needs child. He also finds himself in a high risk category for all this, all this COVID stuff. He's got a lot of, of health issues. He has a, a seizure disorder. Uh, he also has insomnia. And so if it's, not, if it's not me, it's my wife, but one of us is usually up between midnight and, and about 3.30 in the morning. Uh, and that's how we start our day. It is a difficult, difficult, difficult situation to walk through. And I, I've found myself so many times frustrated not at my son, there's nothing that he can do. He, he can't help his circumstances, but I found myself frustrated at God. I'm like, God, why? Why is, why is this the experience that I have to have? Lord, where is, the, where is my understanding of peace in this? Why can't I just get some sleep? Why do I have to change diapers on a seven-year-old? Why do I have to, 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 to struggle with some of these things? But in the middle of all of those difficulties, in the middle of my questions, I can continue to go to the Father. I can continue to bow before Jesus. I can continue to, to pray and express my fears, my worries, my frustrations, my, my unrest. I can continue to bring those things to Jesus. And he continues to give both my wife and I a deep sense of peace and contentment. See, at the end of the day, I, I, I love my son to death and I'm so thankful that God chose me and my wife to be his parents. But that does not mean that it is an easy road. And for some of you, your circumstances may be much different than mine. But the fact of the matter is, is that some of you are really struggling with your finances. Some of you are in a, are in a place today that your marriage is just falling apart. Some of you are finding yourself so frustrated by everything that's going on in the, in the country or with your job or staying at home that you've got anger issues that you're just, you don't want to admit. 
You don't want people to know the things that you've said to yourself, to your family. You don't want people to know the things that you've done. Some of you are drinking yourself to sleep because you're self-medicating, trying to do whatever you can just to cope with the current circumstances that you're dealing with. My question to you is, what are you looking to for peace? Are you hoping that your circumstances are gonna change? Are you praying that your circumstances will change and, and you're so frustrated because God's not changing those circumstances? You know, I've said this before, but I'll, I'll say it right now. You know, sometimes the circumstances that we ask God to change in our lives, those are the exact circumstances that God wants to use to change us, to change who we are. You know, you and I, our circumstances are, are, are different probably, but the fact of the matter is that we both desire this sense of peace, this sense of shalom, this sense of, of contentment and wholeness in the presence of God. And no matter what our efforts are, we're not gonna be able to get ourselves to that place. We have to lean fully into Jesus. That peace is only going to come when we fully rely on Jesus. You see, some of you today, maybe you've been walking with, with, with the Lord for a lot of years now, or, or maybe some of you haven't at all, and you're just checking us out online. Here's my hope. Here's my prayer for you today. My hope and my prayer is this, that this message has, has redefined the way that you understand peace, that you know that it's not the, the absence of chaos or conflict, but it's the presence of contentment, the presence of of shalom in the presence of God. And I hope that this has reminded you where your peace truly comes from. It does not come from your circumstances, but it comes only from Jesus. You see today, no matter where you're at in this faith journey, today is your opportunity. Your opportunity to take your own understanding of, of, of peace, take it out of your hands and to put it into the hands of the one who has overcome this world, Jesus. You know, we've been reading this verse pretty consistently, Isaiah 9, 6. I read it beginning of this message. And, and so many of us, we know this verse and we've heard this verse when, when Isaiah tells us that a child is born and that he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We've heard it. And that verse reminds us of, of the prophecy of the coming Jesus. And it reminds us of the holiday season. But you know what, this verse, it should do so much more than remind us of the holiday season. You see, when we're dealing with internal unrest, when we're dealing with difficult external circumstances, this verse, it should be a reminder to us that Jesus is our Prince of Peace, that he is the one that has overcome the world, that peace does not come from our own efforts or our own circumstances, that peace only comes from placing our faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for, for all of us, for our brokenness, for our difficulties, for our challenges, for, for our sin, Lord. And for those who are watching right now and they've never accepted you uh, as their Lord and Savior, if, if you're hearing my voice right now and that's you, just say, say this prayer in the quietness and the stillness of your own heart. Just say, Jesus, say, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. And I pray that you would just come into my life 
be the Lord of my life from this day moving forward. God, we wanna celebrate with those who, who just said that prayer. And, and for those of us, God, who have been walking with you for a long time, God, I pray that this message would be a reminder to us, Lord, to turn to you, turn away from our understanding of what peace is and to turn to you. God, we love you so much. We thank you. Pray that you would keep each and every one of us safe as we go into to Christmas here this upcoming week and into New Year's. God, we just love you and we thank you, Lord. In your name I pray, amen.